This episode of the only podcast about movies was recorded a little differently. In Shahir's stead, we have a very special co-host Skyping in from L.A., meaning if you hear any scratches, pops, or palm trees rustling in the background, please blame Skype and not us. And with that in mind, let's start down the road. Enjoy the show. is playing Galaga. He didn't think we'd notice, but we did. My name is Matthew Kroll. Magic's just science we don't understand yet. I'm Shalia Evans. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically our Road to Infinity War three-part special, Phase One. Dun-dun-dun. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so psyched to announce that our official co-host for this three-part series is actress, comedian, writer, and all-around amazing human being, some might say superhuman being, Shalia Evans. Hello. How are you? I am so okay. You are so... That, <laughs> that is wonderful. Uh, I'm did, pretty okay. <laughs> dear listeners, uh, Miss Shalia Evans uh, has agreed to take... Uh, to, to fill the New Zealander shoes of uh, one Shahir Dowd, mm-hmm. who um, for various reasons could not come on this wondrous, God, 31 hour adventure that we're going to go on. Oh, man. Uh, Shalia. Uh, we don't need to talk about how much free time I have. <laughs> you and me both. Um, I'm like, this is great. Finally, something to do at night. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate it. Shalia, um, if for those of you who are not familiar with her work, uh, we actually met on back in the code days. Shalia is a member of Girl Code. Girl Code, yes. And mm-hmm. um yeah, you're out in LA now. I am. Yeah. I've been here for a little bit now. Yeah, so it's I we, fine. <laughs> everything is fine. Uh, it's just fine. Everything's could be okay. worse. It always could be worse. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Shatari could be uh, destroying Manhattan as we speak. Um, yeah. You and I had talked a little bit uh, back in the day about not the MCU and not the Marvel films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You were passionate about movies and about, I would argue, the more fantastical aspects of them. What, what's your yes. What's your cinematic sort of, uh, what's your cinematic profile, would you say, Shalia? Ooh, ooh, okay. Well, I think it's important to know that I... Uh, know like absolutely everything about Disney movies. Okay. I'm a Disney mo- I'm a Disney girl. Yep. Uh, I'm also like a Wizard of Oz musical girl. Okay. But I'm also very much uh, like a sci-fi girl right. as well. Um, and then smatter that in with being able to recite Titanic. <laughs> so like that sort of. Can you, can you, could you do a little bit right now? Could you just do just a couple my lines? My fiance, my fiance. Yes, you are. And my wife, my wife in practice, if not yet by law. So you will honor me. You will honor me the way a wife is required to honor a husband because I will not be made a fool, Rose. Whoa. Do I make myself in any way unclear? No. No, no you've made, you've made <laughs> yourself in time. Trudy. <laughs> Entirely clear. <laughs> that is amazing. I oh god, my dream is to just be Cal in Titanic. Okay, well, you know, we will we will work on that. Thank you. It's uh, a, an obtainable goal, of course. So, so the interesting thing I think uh, that that has happened in uh, the advent of this shared universe experience thing that Marvel has done, and something that actually might uh, tie into your zeitgeist a little bit is now they're Disney. I know. Yeah. So now it's just it's just more stuff being piled into uh, uh, the oeuvre of Shelia Evans. And you can meet all of them at Disneyland. 
All the Avengers. You can meet all of them in Times Square as well, but you don't. You Those don't, aren't good ones. You don't, don't want do to that. do that. No, no, no. The Look, if you want to meet an impressive Thor, right. go to Disneyland. Yeah. I was f- like flummoxed. I was like, <laughs> I don't have words. This is Thor. Thor's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? He uh, was very good. I don't, I couldn't tell if he was actually dumb or being Thor dumb. Ah. And, I, and because I couldn't tell, I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, it's like this guy's either stupid or really good at being stupid. And, and either way, they did a great job. Yeah. And and if he was actually stupid, he's also very lucky to get into a job that that yeah. is uh, appropriate for. Right. And yeah, you know, and it's look, Disneyland. I'll tell you right now. I used to work there. So oh, that's right. It's also got a close place in my heart. Yeah. What uh, you, what what exactly did you do? You feel comfortable saying what you did? I at was Disneyland? friends with lots of characters. Yeah. I was I was friends with the Blue Fairy mm-hmm. from Pinocchio mm-hmm. and Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Belle, the Evil Queen from Snow White, yes. and the White Witch from Chronicles of Narnia, <laughs> and a like slutty Santa girl at Christmas time. <laughs> She's not from anything. Okay, just in, okay. This She's is, worked for Santa. I got anyway, you. no, I worked there for a while, and uh, Iron Man actually came out as I was leaving. Okay, so I, like I got a gift basket, like a like a thank you employee gift basket that had the Iron Man DVD in it. So oh, like, really? Yeah, that's interesting because I don't know. I, I think Disney. I forget when Disney I don't think actually they acquired owned them. it. They did. Yeah. Yeah, but that's but they were looking at it because they were giving that out as a gift. Ah, interesting. They're eyeballing it. Yeah. The, the plan the plan was uh, was set much earlier than we expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it, it, it's something interesting. It actually uh, something I did want to read this Shahir, uh, uh, since he could not be here. He, he uh, Shilia for for you and for maybe some of our listeners who don't know uh, Shahir's sort of. Uh, uh, he, he's not a fan of these films, but not in general, but not necessarily these films, just the idea that cinema itself is getting um, uh, just sort of like it, it, there's only so many popular things, which doesn't give enough like almost like space or not headspace or cultural space for new things to emerge. And yeah. now that Disney owns this and owns Star Wars and owns all of the Disney stuff, like there's mm-hmm. just sort of a thing. So he actually I had a, that. Yeah. He had, a, get it. he had a question for us. Uh, this is his broad question. Right. If the MCU is a singular vision leading up to Infinity War, mm-hmm. what is the overall theme of the series? For example, Breaking Bad is about revealing the true nature of oneself. Game of Thrones is about the pliability of morality in the quest for power. And uh, mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious is about, <laughs> well, I don't know if I agree with this one. The Fast and the Furious <laughs> is about bonds with family. Oh, don't tell him. I've never seen any of the Fast and the Furious. Spoiler movies. alert. It's not about <laughs> family. They just like to name drop family. I love, oh. look, Fast and the Furious, especially the later ones, are a delight. Uh, they took a frown and turned it upside down, basically. Oh, well, but, good. <laughs> um, but uh, it, for them. He, yeah, exactly. He basically says, what is the MCU about? Uh, and uh, he has, says, have a great conversation. So thank you, Shahir. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I hope we answer that. I don't think we're going to answer that right now. No, this is going to take time. So we've, we're, we're going to talk through it. Yeah. We're doing phase one today, which for uh, anyone listening who doesn't know what that actually encompasses, it is Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and then Marvel's The Avengers. Uh, 
We watched a bunch of these movies this week, actually. <laughs> oh, boy, did we? Man, I got to tell you, when my mom reads her credit card statement, she's going to be like, what the hell's going on with these rentals? <laughs> Just streaming up a store. They're on my mom's credit card. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> I think that's better. I think it's better they're on your mom's credit my card. My mom needs to print my movies for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, it was quite a week. It was quite a week. Well, and I've been like trying to resist. I was like, okay, stop at the Avengers right. before we talk because then I don't want to put anything else in my brain. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because we there's, look, there's a lot. We have, God, after this, we have really 12 more films. Really. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to get to it. We're going to, we'll have these it'll release. It'll be easy. Yeah, look, it'll be easy. We'll be done. We'll be good. Uh, we're going to try to release these uh, sort of as we, uh, you know, the, as the road to infinity war happens. Uh, and we'll probably be releasing them midweek for everyone who wants to sort of catch up with these alongside of our, our, our standard, our standard review cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think this is something that while we've all seen sequels, I mean, the Harry Potter has what, eight films. Is that correct? It's, uh, yeah. Right. Because there should be seven books, just, but they broke up one. Just like, just like the Horcruxes, there were supposed to be seven, and they made eight. Oh no, that's some deep nerd <laughs> right there. I like it. Um, I'm gonna need I'm that. Also, a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> I'm gonna need that that skill set that you just uh, you threw out there for the remainder of these shows. Great, you'll have it. Um, but yeah, I think it's an important question. Because because Marvel does now take up a ton of cinematic, I guess, cultural space, mm-hmm. uh, is there an overlying thing that they are trying to say? And if so, was it there in the beginning? And do we think they can actually pull it off? Mm. Uh, because Marvel stuff in general has overall been both critically successful and obviously financially successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, granted, even its flops, which we'll get into some of them, and I, none of them have been flops, but like even films that haven't truly sort of stood the test of time or resonated with people, mm-hmm. uh, they, they've been incredibly successful. So it must be filling some sort of cultural void, or maybe it's just the blockage that's not letting other cultural aspects <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, look, we're going to find out together. That's right. Uh, also, it's going to be hard to come to a an official decision on that until we've seen Infinity War. Yes. Yes. And that is a uh, that is a uh, 100% true. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Oh man, that's a good point. I think the closest we'll be able to do mm-hmm. is see if they've if we think they've set up for like a definitive point or if it's or if the exercise itself is kind of the point because no films i mean like i was getting to before with the harry potter reference and like even fast and furious there's sequels and stories do continue but it's it's never been this sort of intermingled and to the point where it almost feels like required reading if you if you want to see infinity war you yeah, have to. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah. There's, it's going to be all references that you don't get if you don't know all of these movies. And they couldn't ever crack all the, the, the number of characters they're throwing into this thing and treat them at least fairly or have it make enough sense if these other films didn't exist. Yeah. Um, so, and I think they proved that they can do, they, they proved the exercise works at the end of phase one. We'll get into it. But it's just weird. It's interesting. And I wanted you on here because I am... Uh, I've I, a self-proclaimed Marvel shill. Great. Uh, an unpaid Marvel shill. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> best kind of shill. The best kind. Of, it's literally they couldn't ask for a better shill. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I want. I wanted you on here because I want someone that like 
enjoys the, the, the overall style of what these things normally fall into, but are, is not necessarily going to uh, march to the, to the, to the drum of, of, of the big mouse, wherever yes. it may go. Well, look, normally I would march for the mouse, but uh, no, but I, I definitely am a fan of Marvel movies. I enjoy them, but I also uh, look, I've got I've got some complaints. <laughs> Before we do that, I'm just going to remind everybody, uh, please send us any and all thoughts you have on this episode or other films or reviews we've done at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at OnlyMoviePod. Also, please leave those good old fashioned iTunes reviews. We love five stars, but we'll take as many as you can spare. And uh, yeah, check us out on the Facebook page, too. We've been talking a bunch about um, actually uh, I just posted a thing for Movies with Mikey who did a whole thing on how the shared universes at work and how really Marvel's the only one that's been able to do it um yeah so with that all said i guess we just start at the beginning a very good place to start it's the only place sometimes unless it's you know about a third of the films that actually happen these days iron man iron man 2008 <sighs> shalia boy directed by john yeah. favreau also starring john favreau oh, he's john favreau <laughs> i love that he put himself in it i'm like yeah you might as well <laughs> why not he's there uh happy is a wonderful character bodyguard of tony stark mm-hmm. um shalia do you remember wh- not do you remember where you were no but like no, but, do, yeah <laughs> like, no, but i know what you mean <laughs> yeah like is it like so 2008 obviously 10 years ago uh uh <laughs> a different time a time mm-hmm. <laughs> before a lot of uh, horrible things happened or have come to light, etc. The world was a different place. Yeah. 9-11 had happened not unthinkable. Like, it wasn't that long ago, right? comparatively. Yep. The world was very different. <laughs> and we also had never seen such a well-CGI'd suit. That is true. It was mind-blowingly cool yeah. when it came out. A hundred percent. Like, it was, and, the, and that it was, like, sassy and funny. It was like, what? What what am I watching? Yeah, it was obviously an opening volley or a sort of Marvel at the time, from what I understand, and I am for as much of a shill, I am not as much of a historian, but they uh, previously to that film, uh, all of their properties had been sold off to other companies to make the films. That's why mm-hmm. Fox owns the X-Men and Fantastic Four. Uh, that's why Sony owns Spider-Man like they because they were Marvel uh, f- contrary to popular belief everybody uh, the comics industry apparently isn't lucrative uh, <laughs> despite the fact that it's I mean these characters are basically mythology at this point I mean they've been around yeah. some of them for more than 60 ish years so it's like mm-hmm. it's it's insane how like how identifiable even before these films were out like every little kid knew what Spider-Man looked like yeah for uh, sure yeah so Iron Man was the first, uh, their first thing and kind of a bit of a gamble because they weren't doing so well. They're like, they kind of put all of their chips onto, onto this film to see if they could transition into this way. Mm-hmm. And I got to admit, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, I mean, it looks cool. And like, oh, there's, uh, there's Iron Man uh, flying with jets. I was never a fan of the Iron Man comics. I mean, he mm-hmm. was, he was a C-lister at best. Uh, interesting see yeah. I'm not a comic book girl like right. I'm not I don't read comic books I don't so I am always coming into Marvel stuff with a complete blank slate of like you could tell me anything and I'll be like cool I'll be yeah. like, <laughs> I don't have any I don't have any literature to compare it to right uh, uh, well, so I had no idea he was a C-lister he was a C-lister and now he's one of the biggest superheroes uh, in the cultural zeitgeist and yeah. it's and it's so funny too because 
the, the, the pick of Robert Downey Jr. obviously has been the biggest boon for the entire, the, the cre- I would say the structural, he, he did so much heavy lifting in that film. Yeah, he uh, did. To turn it, like you said, like, yeah, cool suit. We'd never seen anything like that before from a VFX, uh, you know, mainstream. But all that doesn't really matter if you don't care who's pretending to be inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he's he's an, enough of a personality and good at being this like cocky billionaire yeah. that he sold us on it. I think Robert Downey Jr. absolutely paved the way for all of this. Yeah. Like, he's just by being himself. Yeah, well, I feel like that's what he's like. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's and that's the interesting I thing. So he's he is Iron Man. <laughs> he is Iron Man. The end of the, yeah. this, the last line of the first movie is exactly true. I am Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man, especially upon rewatching and we'll talk about the things that don't quite hold up. But the but the reason why I think it still is one of their best films after 17, 18 something nonsense films at this point mm-hmm. uh, is <clears throat> His suit, and to a lesser extent, sort of the Ironmonger suit uh, played by Jeff Bridges. Um, Which I forgot about. Right? I was like, oh, hey, Jeff Bridges. Obadiah Stane. He does great. What a name. Yeah. Obadiah. <laughs> and I, I should have actually used that quote that he does when the scientist is trying to redo the uh, the arc reactor. And he's like, Tony Stark built this in a cave <laughs> with a box of scraps. Yeah. <laughs> um, so mad. He, uh, the suits themselves were the one real bit of like unbelievable tech or unbelievable CG. He was still actually at that movie using screens to do things. Now he just throws holograms around like he's in um, uh, Minority Report. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the, the technology he was and it showed you actually it showed him making it. Yeah, you got the progression of how you got to this insane suit. Yeah. Starting out on a very rudimentary, like still genius guy yeah. level, but like you could see it happening. Exactly. So it, it justified it. And I think it also, from a structural standpoint for the, even the journey that the MCU has taken, I think they do a great job of when, as things get more and more fantastical, each film, even if it's not directly referencing characters or doing all the world building, like the hard world building, it's doing a lot of sort of scaffolding for itself because by the time Iron Man 2, like, I don't think the stuff in Iron Man 2 would have been as instantly believable had we not had Iron Man 1. I don't think, like, the Avengers, as we've seen even DC trying to do with Justice League, trying to sort of put the cart before uh, the horse before the road, uh, Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work. So it lays a lot of groundwork for even our minds to sort of, like, be like, oh, this natural progression, and now they're fighting robots all over here. Like, it, it makes enough sense. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I don't know. Let's do this. This was the part. This is a problem I had a, a bit of an issue with now okay. rewatching it. Tell me. Tell me your troubles. Tony Stark at the beginning of this, it's funny. He he's not supposed to be likable, right? Or they, or they let me rephrase. They want it both ways. They want <laughs> they you did, to yes. Yeah. They want you to not like him structurally so he can then grow as a person and then like he becomes a better man, but they also don't want to start you just thinking this guy's a huge dick, but he's a funny dick. Like he is. He look, he's the cool guy at school kind of a thing. Like he you no one is like, "Oh, I like him." But they're like, "Oh, no, but I like like I like him. I want to be like him." Like he's the man that men want to be uh, w- women want to be with him. I I, I guess. But or, he also or, kind of sucks. He does. <laughs> like, su- I mean, yeah, he's, he's a dick. He's a weapons manufacturer that is a genius but kind of had everything kind of given to him sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's again, he's worked but not I don't know. I don't get that whole thing. There's a, there's 
obviously it being 2008 uh and not as um i don't even know how to i always sort of hate framing it like this but like not as uh we the the dark underbelly of many things due to many aspects of life has been sort of brought to the forefront of reality yes and uh there are scenes in this film uh, in the beginning with us, like them trying to do that. Exactly what you said, Shalia, the men that man, men want to be and women want to be with. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like, kind of that, uh, I don't know that uh, I'll, uh, for lack of a better term, I'll call it Hollywood bullshit. Uh, yes. that he, <laughs> that, that he, sounds correct. Right. Um, <laughs> And like even down to was it the the scene where where Pepper Potts played by Gwen, Gwyneth Paltrow ejects? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, the well, reporter. first of all, first of all, before we even get to Pepper kicking that girl out, <laughs> the whole reason she was there was because he was like, "You're gonna say something bad about me? Let me fuck you and change your mind." Like, yeah. That would not fly. No. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" And then Pepper's like, "I'm here to take out the trash." It's like the hell is going on this is an unacceptable behavior but like that that, but that is establishing what he's like i guess but like i oh man if that came out today yeah it's interesting internet would fucking rip it apart (laughs) it's true and i i hate this part of myself and i try to like get it i try to i call it my lizard brain great when i saw that first i was like oh well like it's okay that she says that line about taking out the trash because she attacked her uh, the the reporter mm-hmm. oh because the reporter was mean was first, like was but- being like oh pepper pot's still uh you know handling tony's laundry or something like that and she's like yeah. i would do anything mr stark requires including take out the trash um I was like, oh, well, yeah, well, yeah, the girl came at her first or whatever. But the underlying thing that you said is entirely true. It, the, the whole Pepper Potts in that scene is uh, attacking someone that attacked her. But the whole setup is still Tony's fucking fault because yeah. <laughs> you little you put it great. He, he's going to fuck her to change her mind. <laughs> He, the progression of things that happens to women in this is a woman is at work. Yep. And presents a challenging opinion to a, a powerful man. He says, I'm going to fuck you till you t- say something nice about me. And then the next morning, his personal assistant, I- instead of him, has to kick that reporter out. Yeah. After he slept with her. Be- which should never be a personal assistant's job. No, no. Um. So, yeah. So now he's just making these two professional women. <laughs> be in a terrible position we have robotic butlers to do that oh no 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 forget the robotic butler <laughs> when she wakes up be like get uh, get out yeah yeah do it yourself you pussy uh <laughs> and then there becomes the whole thing i think the, the most egregious thing i think is on the plane when they're flying uh i forget where they're flying i know they think they're when they're flying Doesn't to matter <laughs> well, yeah i know to Iraq to demonstrate the weapons. Yeah. Uh, and the, the stewardesses become strippers complete with poles that come out of the floor. With uh, no, no surprise. No one's like, oh, are, are these flight attendants strippers? Like it's, they are. Yeah. They just, they're just fine with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll take this moment to point out. I forgot that Terrence, what's his name? Terrence Howard. Yeah. yeah. I forgot he used to be involved. In this. He was ejected. <laughs> like, apparently. Wait, what are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, now, um, now Rhodey is played by Don Cheadle, uh, in yeah. the rest of the MCU, which well, I think I'm is, my muse too. Yeah. It's a strong, it's a strong choice. I forget the actual, I, I don't remember the reasoning. It was, there was a disagreement. For myself personally, I've just, yeah, I've decided to be like, oh, well you're a bad, you're not a great guy. So yeah, 
Yeah. That's why you left. Because Disney wanted good guys. (laughs) That is true. That is true. Uh, Disney said, no, no, no bad husbands here. (laughs) No, no, Mr. Howard. My favorite part is when the the camera pans over to the last third, the beginning of the third act of this film and the last action sequence and Tony takes off and uh, Howard's standing there and he looks over at the war machine suit and he goes, next time. And I'm like, nope. (laughs) No. Like, okay, again, I'm not. Uh, I don't know the comics. Like, sure. I don't necessarily know everyone's names. Like, the whole roadie thing. Yep. Uh, well, we'll get to it because we're going to talk about Iron Man 2 in this too. But, like, we will. when that switch happened, I missed some jokes that were about the fact that they switched actors originally because I didn't even realize it was supposed to be the same character. <laughs> and so it took me until he looked at that suit and said, next time, I was like, Don Cheadle got his job. Oh my God. I had no idea. Like that was the moment I realized it was the same character. Right, 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 right. Was at almost the end of the movie. Cause the name meant nothing to me. Right. Roadie means nothing to me. Oh. The, or the name. Not that I know who the character was. Sure. If you were like, you know, Don Cheadle in the <laughs> Avengers movies, I'd be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know, wait, but, l- let me ask you this. Do you hmm. now know what his like superhero name is? Do you, do you know it Don now? Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. <laughs> Is he like uh, um, Silver Man? <laughs> they only call it out once, and it's during a fight in Iron Man 2. Uh, his, he's War Machine. War Machine. They never really they never really go into it, and I think that's kind of a oh, silly what name. What a terrible name. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it, was in, it was invented in the Coke-fueled 80s in a Marvel boardroom. <laughs> or the fair 70s, enough, 70s, 70s. Um, Coke either way. Coke either way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my dog's being very active. I apologize to anyone who can hear. Oh, no, that's fine. Very excited about Iron Man. (laughs) Your your puppy is excited. She can't sit still. So what's the cocaine? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the cocaine really got her up. Um, Iron Man, I think we can agree without getting Mm -hmm. to, unless there's anything specifically else we really want to touch on, on Iron Man. It was, it's the template. It works because. Well, why do you why do you think it works overall? Still, I'd rather hear what you. Think about um, I think okay. Uh, we, I mean, we've put it out there. Robert Downey Jr. is a star. Mm-hmm. He's a star, <laughs> so he can carry he can carry something insane like this. Sure. Um, and I think when it came out, it was so different from what we were used to from a superhero movie. Um, because this is bef- like. Iron Man came out before we got the like realistic Batmans. Yes. Uh, you know, same like we were year, used I think. To, was it really? I might have been. I'm going to look that up right now. Like, okay. But this was like, well, either way, this was a, then 2008 was a big year. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but like we were used to 90s and earlier there because there weren't superhero movies that we the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans were probably yeah well, the, well yeah they were they felt 60s ish they, they Sam Raimi had a, a really love for the original feeling of Spider-Man up for one and two and then three kind of he lost the range of it because the whole Venom nonsense well yeah but this is the first this is the first realism I would as much yeah, as I'm putting air quotes it felt different it felt different than superhero movies had up until that point. And it was like the, the timing of technology and you know, the the actors they chose and the, it just all worked. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Iron Man did come out one month before the dark Knight, or two months. It was in May. And then dark Knight came out. Although Batman begins came out in uh, 2005. So that might have been sort of the, 
the maybe that gave Marvel sort of the the idea the, where like the, we could do this. We could do this, yeah. But yeah, it just I, it just felt, and the, I mean, but still, Iron Man, funny. Yeah, it's injecting. Batman, no funny. <laughs> Batman is not funny. Batman is not funny. Uh, and I think that's even even if you look at the old Batman's, like the Tim Burton Batman, Batman Returns. Those are. F- fun those are fun but but the the interesting thing about them is and i i think a lot of superhero movies suffer from this and the mcu kind of really uh I, maybe even the raimi movies of uh, spider-man fall for this too the superhero themselves was never the best part like it was neat seeing your favorite character punch and fly or whatever but the superhero wasn't ever what I would consider the focal point. The villains, for instance, in Batman are the focal point. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Same so much with Spider-Man. Like, and it was sort of the foils that were really what drove you in. You came to Iron Man because uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually, ooh, ooh, I might have stumbled onto a first talking, like a real, a real thing here. Ooh, what? These films, as we'll sort of see, the villains for most of them, are kind of one note and a bit garbage. Yeah, here's the thing. I keep seeing all these articles lately that are like, Marvel's got a villain's problem. And I'm like, oh, do do they? <laughs> I've never paid attention to it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I got, Look, I Loki's hot, so I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about Loki. We're going to talk what about a, Loki. What a dreamboat. Uh, the... Well, no, it's interesting because, yes, critics say that. I've said that. Marvel has a villain's problem. But I don't know what it is. But No, no, no. But you bring up a great point. I don't think a lot of people think it's a problem. I think people just see the film, gravitate towards what they gravitate towards or not, and enjoy the silly popcorn ride. And I think uh, (laughs) as much as I like to, uh, I, I think some of these films have a lot to say. Others don't. I like injecting uh, real problems into these fantastical situations. Again, just finishing up with Iron Man. Mm -hmm. One of the things that they do with Tony Stark here, he's he's a weapons manufacturer. There's the whole thing about double dealing, which the United States has done a ton and has caused a ton of um, civil unrest and upheaval in the global stage due to the fact that we've sold weapons here. We've done this. We've done that. We've invaded, you know, whatever. So like to have that as a background for a man that flies around in an iron robot suit I think makes it much more engaging than uh, than than just a hero punch villain. And I think when it does things like this, when you have such a charismatic and interesting main character as the hero, plus a backdrop of sort of I'll call it pseudo realism, uh, both with the world stage and just the level of like special effectsiness. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You the the you yeah you even said you forgot Jeff Bridges was in this movie. I ki- I mean I remembered, but not really the performance. He's it, the villains fall by the wayside. Look. Here's the thing. Mm. In Iron Man, Iron Man's kind of the bad guy, too. <laughs> yeah. He's fighting himself. He's, he's, he's fighting his own past. Yeah. He's literally. His own creation. <laughs> his own past hits him with a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and like, no, not like rides into him. Like, they pick it up and they smash it into him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, the villain is just someone that he up until 20 minutes earlier agreed with. Yeah. Yeah. Until he it's, had a yeah, it's a falling out. A come to God moment. Yeah. Uh, oh, shout out to the character of Yinsen, the guy in the cave. Uh, the that he's uh, lovely. He is one of my favorite parts of this movie. I want to find the actor's name. He grounds it really, like it. It adds 
a lot of uh, reality that would otherwise be completely ignored, which is the, like, this is someone who's going, he, cause he's like, I'm going to die. They killed my family. Like it puts realism into a hostage situation Yeah, that having a guy make a big iron suit does, does not. Exactly. Sean, Sean tube. I think I'm, I'm might be butchering the last name, but he, uh, he's actually, he makes an appearance later on, uh, which I won't spoil, but the character does come <gasps> back. Uh, but, uh, so that, yeah, I think it's very interesting too, that the, the villain, honestly, and you make, that's a great point. He is fighting himself. He's fighting his old self basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes the journey, I think, even sort of better. And look, as a as a an absolute tree hugging, uh, you know, save the whales, <laughs> uh, bleeding heart liberal through and through, I was very won over by how they chose to approach uh, a very violent story because of that inner turmoil. I was like, oh, this is interesting to me. Whereas I like, which we will get into a lot throughout this. I was raised that like guns are not entertainment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I've, you know, I, I've gotten past a lot of that, but I still get very like uneasy if there's a lot of guns and stuff. And I have a lot of fun with like Iron Man. Cause he's like, it's not guns. It's like his hands are it's like repulsor blasts. But a lot of the uh, Marvel universe they have things they do other than guns and I, it sells me on violence that normally would <laughs> scare me away. <laughs> the MCU does things with violence uh, that I think is interesting because it actually, like for instance, let's let's also be clear that even once Tony takes the turn to sort of trying to clean up his family's legacy and mess, uh, he straight up murders people. Oh uh, yeah, he's still being violent he flies to the middle east and he saves that like one village and they set it up really nice like and then like all the all the all the um the guerrilla fighters or whatever have the the people and they have the hostages and he like locks onto them all and just shoulder bullets just kill them all instantly and you're like oh yeah what marvel tends to do is it does save that sort of like especially in this film that sort of like heavy level violence uh for like real badly set up people yeah 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 so I, I feel like we could continue talking about Iron Man but we do have to move on we we'll be back so to a, one many, movie from now one movie from so now so many yeah we'll get there hey Shalia hey let's touch on a, on a film we're probably not going to talk about much oh Jesus Christ uh, The Incredible Hulk this was the one that I was like oh actually I don't think I've seen this before oh directed by uh, Louis Letletter or Letlier I think I'm butchering that uh, yeah so what were your first this is the first time you'd seen it Apparently, I thought I'd seen it. Okay. <laughs> and then I was watching. I was like, no, I don't know. I, I definitely didn't see this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought I was like rewatching and then I was like, nope, nope. This is all new. <laughs> this is new information because <laughs> it had never occurred to me that it counted as part of the Marvel Universe because it's got Ed Norton in it. Yeah. Well, that's another it's another switcheroo, another Don Cheadle in, in the making. Obviously, um, Mark Ruffalo is now the Hulk in the MCU. Oh, and, thank God. I know. I need Bruce Banner to be Mark Ruffalo. I I love Mark Ruffalo. I'm right there with you. I love him. I love him so much. <laughs> he's like the saving grace in a lot of Avengers situations for me. Is like, thank God he's there. Yeah. Or I'd want to kill all these guys. So like... <laughs> So I just had never occurred to me that Edward Norton counted as the Marvel Universe. This is one of them that I was dreading rewatching. I'd only seen once or twice. And because it's not Mark Ruffalo, because, you know, what you just said, it never felt it never felt like a necessity to me 
And it does do some interesting world building a little bit. Does uh, it? It's a bad movie. <laughs> it is. Well, you know what? This is why I think it's a bad film. Great. Is then I'll go. <laughs> what? What? You tell. You say why it's bad. Then I'll say why it's bad. Okay. I think it's bad because it's boring. Mm-hmm. I think you take something as nutty as the a bit like what happened to Bruce Banner, um, and and I like that they didn't make it an origin story because we they assumed that people kind of already knew it. Like the origin story happens in the credits, which is great. Um, oh, we have different opinions. Oh no, go then, go go go. Talk to me about this. I was yelling at the TV before we even got into the main movie, being like, "You're giving it all away." <laughs> I was so mad. I'm like. Show this. Why is this all exposition just being thrown away? Show this. And then they all you you haven't seen Liv Tyler do shit other than in the opening credits. And then she shows up halfway through the movie. And I'm like, oh, I guess she is in this. Like it was just and then but but OK, so we don't get to see him turn into the Hulk because we assume we know that. But we have to fucking watch watch him walk back from South America. <laughs> <laughs> Just show him turn into the Hulk. It's just like, oh, what did I like? I really think the only reason uh, Edward Norton was in it is he'd like, I'd love a trip to to the South South America. America. It was in Brazil. Uh, Oh, he walked from Brazil. Yeah. You know. Oh, just real quick. Like you do. Well, they showed it in real time. Yeah. (laughs) And he's, he's ran away to he's a he's like supposed to be like Stephen Hawking level genius or some shit. And he's like, oh, I'm working at a weird green soda factory, which didn't really have anything to do with anything. No, I think the only reason. So like, look, this movie does a lot of leaps. Um, And again, I think Marvel was still trying to figure out the formula. It's just a bad movie. It, it, it's not. I can't defend the Hulk. I, uh, no. I can I can defend certain lines here and there. I can defend. Uh, you know, again, minor things that I, that, uh, that do not make a, a good movie. Um, the one scene in the film that I feel like was not boring mm-hmm. was the fight scene on the campus. I liked it because you saw, uh, first time you saw the Hulk a little bit, he'd already have inter- interactions with Betty. Oh, is that her name? I was so bored. I didn't remember anyone's name. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the soldier who becomes abomination, the big, the big stupid CG monster. Oh yeah. Um, what, what, Roth, Tim Roth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which he's a great actor. Uh, yeah. I, I just, lie uh, to me. There's a good show. Yeah. <laughs> big fan. Look, I think, let me, let me hot take, hot take here, Shalia. Yeah. I don't think the Hulk can have its own. I don't think even a Mark Ruffalo Hulk. I don't think the Hulk as a character can have a good film done with him just as a solo act. I mean, it's a pretty stupid story. <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, even beyond the origin story. It's fun to watch him in action. Yeah. He but it's is mostly just like, oops, an accident. <laughs> and then like, smash. Too bad this guy has anger management problems. Well, you could. I mean, Ang Lee tried to do it with the previous Hulk film starring Eric Bana, uh-huh. uh, which isn't part of this little canon thing. But he went into a bit more of like, yes, the gamma radiation causes him when he gets angry to turn into the Hulk. But where he he actually did an interesting thing, despite I think there's a lot of uh, cinematic choices that Ang Lee did that I didn't quite enjoy. But he does a thing where he goes into well, why is anger the trigger? And it goes back into Bruce Banner's past. His father was abusive. There's a whole like storyline. Oh, interesting. And that's interesting when you sort of humanize these characters, Mm -hmm. which I think we'll find as we go through. Uh, Yeah, this movie didn't do that. No. And by the time we get to the big, you know, cluster fuck at the end uh, in Harlem, (laughs) 
uh, I don't care. I don't. No. I, I don't care about two CG monsters beating the crap out of each other. Mm-mm. And I don't know. I just, yeah, no. And I look of the Marvel heroes. I relate to the Hulk probably the most. Because really? I have, an, I have an anxiety disorder. Okay. And I go from zero to 60 very quickly. <laughs> And I couldn't, I was like, I can't. Again, Mark Ruffalo, I, I, you know, I just, I'm too loyal, I think, for this movie. Well, I don't think, I don't think you're saying anything that's unfair. I think the film itself fails at what it's, it's, it fails at making the Hulk interesting. It fails Mm -hmm. on making the world that they're putting the Hulk into interesting. Fails on making a movie interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this felt like people, people start, and we're going to kind of get off it because there's not a whole lot to, I really feel like to say about this. People give the next film on our chronological list a lot of shit for just being the world building film mm. but I honestly think that the only reason the Incredible Hulk even even manifested and it did it did this it came out in 2008 as well it came out in June so oh my god no way hold on I'm looking at these did numbers it, I'm wait. crunching the numbers did it May, come out before? No it did not no, May, May no. 2nd was when Iron Man was released in 2008 okay the Incredible Hulk came out in June 13th 2008 wow. So Marvel was sort of doing these. I think they had finished Iron Man before they finished making the Hulk. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was their like, especially even after the, the, the extra credit scene of um of at the end of Iron Man with Nick Fury coming and be like, I need to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Yeah. And then Robert Downey Jr. coming at the end of this one uh, and talking to the general, talking to General Ross, mm-hmm. which they had to kind of retcon that. I don't know if you could. They, they, there's a whole thing about uh they wanted to like. They didn't know where it was going. I think they thought the script for Avengers would be different. So like Tony was there to recruit actually the abomination and not Bruce Banner. Oh, interesting. And they retconned it through what do they do? A lot of digital shorts on the discs. They'll do, they call them Marvel one shots. Mm -hmm. And there was one with Coulson and like another agent and they rectified why they sent Tony there not to really get abomination, but to bungle the government's oh. want to get the abomination involved. It, it's whatever. It's they, they lies. They, yeah, they're lying. Um, before we move on from the Incredible Hulk, may I complain about one specific thing? I want you to complain about all of the things. Well, there's one thing that stood out. I uh, the eye roll that I produced and I said out loud, "Oh boy," <laughs> <laughs> was when. Because this movie had not made any attempts to be funny in the way that like Iron Man was. It was not. It was trying to be a serious movie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Liv Tyler comes back with pants options and holds up these big, giant purple ones. And he goes, not my style. And I was like, oh, boy. Oh, you think you're so funny because the Hulk usually wears purple pants? No one gives a shit. And this movie hasn't been funny so far. I mean, I don't disagree with you on any particular point. What about <laughs> what about uh, when they're making out and then all of a sudden he has to stop because his heart rate monitor goes up and there's the like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't get excited. Oh, was that supposed to be funny? <laughs> and then, I, well, I don't know. And she's like, not even a little excited. And he's just like, Mer. and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? It's, it's, look, I, there's, it's so bad. I could think of two very sort of simple ways or different ways, at least to the, the two little moments that we've just discussed mm-hmm. that they could have handled it much differently and, and, and better and more honest to maybe the type of film maybe they wanted to make. So, for instance, the pants moment that fails completely. It's just stupid. There's no comedy. They haven't built it in. What they should have done more if, if they didn't want to make it that level of comedy, axe that sort of thing. And you want to make a pants reference, do it a little bit more like they even did the Lou Ferrigno cameo. Because remember, Lou yeah. Ferrigno was like that was it was 
inoffensive. You could either get the reference or not. They didn't stop the whole movie to a screeching halt. To make a a, a little wink, wink yeah. moment. And, yeah. and the other thing is you could do with the even the, the weird, stupid sexual joke that, that I just brought up. You could treat that as a legitimate problem and psychological concern for the for the man. Like, yeah, oh, instead ge- of a guess, weird joke. Guess like, what? The Hulk can't have kids. And for a lot of people, that's going to fuck you up. And they touch on that briefly in the Avengers, which I will bring mm-hmm. up once we once we Ooh, get there, which is okay. which is a really nice. I think Joss Whedon probably saw that moment. He's like, that's not was, how you do it. Yeah. 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 So anything else on Hulk or can we say goodbye to Edward Norton for for now? Look, Edward Norton, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are. 100 percent. One of our one of our biggest uh, contributors. I love you in in everything you do, but you were the wrong choice for this. <laughs> you don't oh. seem angry. You seem like. He seems like he calmed me down. I didn't believe that he was like on the verge of being angry. I think he got cast because somebody loved Fight Club and was like, it's basically the Hulk. (laughs) I I honestly think that's what happened. Instead of manifesting an imaginary best friend that makes an international organization bent on taking out society. He's a monster. He punches shit. (laughs) This Hulk. I don't think you're wrong. Sorry, Ed. Yeah. I don't know. Do you go bad, Edward? Call me. Anyway. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of me throwing it at these actors through this. I'm into Marvel for the the ass. For the... I'm here for the ass. So. Well, we're going to talk about that actually, interestingly enough, probably when we get to Thor, because they started a trend in Thor that we will we will talk about uh, a little bit uh, in that wheelhouse. Mm. We have we have another film, Shalia. We have Iron Man 2. Two. Again, directed by Jon Favreau. Uh, yep. You know, second verse, same as the first. Mm-hmm. So Iron Man 2 is kind of the scapegoat for this entire thing when when people thought the people that then decided that they didn't want to be a part of this or wanted to kind of shit talk it, it becomes this, this, this like, well, it all this was was set up for other movies. Okay. And yeah, I always kind of had that in the back of my head. This came out in 2010 and I, I went into it being like, I remember thinking that exact thing. And, and like my, my, I don't know how old was I in 2010? Uh, my my late twenties self, who thought they kind of understood uh, all too many things about film, mm-hmm. uh, was like, "Yeah, like this is bullshit." <laughs> Upon rewatching it for the first time in nearly seven years, mm-hmm. uh, I really was impressed with the juggling this film was able to do. It has problems, and we'll talk about them. Mm-hmm. But the this was the first time where I felt like. They're like, you know what? Let's see how much structural weight a script can have and still be enjoyable and fun, but still get a bunch of information across in the shortest amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when the Marvel plate spinning exercise of how many they can keep in the air was like, okay, we can do this. And I feel like every movie's been like, now can we do, can we throw more plates on there? Yeah. Um, what did you think? What did you think of Iron Man 2? Um, it's fun. It's fun. And I forgot, because I, again, I haven't, I also haven't seen this in forever. I forgot that Black Widow was introduced uh-huh. as completely undercover. And I was so excited when I realized that. Right. Because I've always, I'm very still very much like, why the hell can't Black Widow have a movie? She better. Like. She's not going to. Wh- how it's do you, not going to happen. How do you know? Because haven't they said that after Infinity War, this version of the universe is closed? 
No. Well, yes and no. We could okay. so uh the the to clear that up, they haven't been they haven't been clear. Mm-hmm. Phase three is going to end. Yeah. And then uh we're guessing we could even talk about our predictions later on in the series about what we think Infinity War is gonna happen. The new trailer just dropped. I've watched it way too many times. Um I'm an adult male uh in his thirties. That sounds sounds correct. <laughs> and here we are. This all checks out. You sold me action figures in the eighties and and marketed as entertainment, and now I'm still buying in yeah you've been brainwashed and it worked <laughs> what were we saying we were saying how oh, i was saying i don't think black widow is ever going to get a movie oh i i think that, that she absolutely needs to and i think uh this is some i'm gonna throw marvel some shade uh sorry uh you'll have to unpay me more <laughs> they're just gonna rob they're gonna rob you blind they're gonna take away all my paraphernalia um they, you know, especially with the release of Black Panther just coming out recently and how critically acclaimed it's been. And it was such a, such a wonderful movie. And, and you know, they're 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 now in 2018 sort of being, uh, for lack of a better term, woke uh, with a lot of their content. Mm-hmm. Uh, they the one thing the DCE extended universe or whatever got right first and it shouldn't have taken as long as it fucking did was Wonder Woman. God, I love Wonder Woman so much. Wonder Woman is a delight. People, you know what, you know what pisses me off? We're going to take a Wonder Woman tangent. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Wonder Woman, and this is something that they could easily do with Black Widow. Uh, but they just need to know the space. Obviously, it wouldn't be as big of a thing. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman basically takes on World War One. Um, yeah. uh, the biggest complaint that a lot of my friends who have seen Wonder Woman have is mm-hmm. the, quote, questionable third act. And by that, I mean the stupid CGI punch fest with the fire monster in the middle of a field. Oh, now. Now, look, is that my favorite thing? No. But you know what? I feel that it needs to be there because how do I put this? That movie is so good on its own. It does what all good superhero movies do, and it earns that moment of big, stupid fire punching. And to say that that movie doesn't need it or want it or that that she shouldn't have that sort of yeah, moment. Yeah, why shouldn't she get to have a big, dumb fight at the end? A d- big, dumb slugfest where she, yeah. But also... The heart of that scene makes me sob. Which in particular? Oh my God, that she, so she's fighting him and she's realizing that she, she does agree like that they're like, she's, she's seen the dark side of mankind. She's so upset and she sees her love die and she's going to take that rage out. And then she says, it's not about what they deserve. It's about what you believe in. And I believe in love. And I just sob yeah so like even though it's a a ridiculous visual thing happening this huge character development happens that is heartbreaking and wonderful and like adds a level of soul to a character that isn't always there yeah like not all superheroes get to have this big moment where they're like i have the option and this is at my core who i am yeah it's ugh, I love Wonder Woman. Let's just talk about Wonder Woman. Fuck. This I, 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 nope, nope. You you agree? I agreed to this. I agreed to this. <laughs> um, uh, the the but the Black Widow thing. I think they introduce her well here. I think she's she's she gets to do what she does. She gets to be a spy. Yeah, exactly. And she it, she is a spy. She's kind of lost that bit of spy in the Avengers films, and uh, mm-hmm. she gets it a little back in Winter Soldier because uh, she kind of goes back to her roots in that sort of regard. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they totally could give Black Widow her own movie. But they'd have to. I'd want you know what Marvel is is 
is sitting on a gold mine of sort of a genre. They like doing genre films. Ant-Man is a heist movie or or Thor now Ragnarok is a, is just straight up comedy. Yeah. They could make Black Widow Marvel's James Bond. Oh, that'd be so cool. You know, she can still team up with the Avengers when it makes sense to do it. A hundred percent. She should. She's the only damn woman on the team. Yeah. Yeah, she is. But have her do. Yeah, I mean, again, I thought it worked very well. I liked the sort of James Bondness that they that had in Black Panther. We'll get to that, you know, two shows down. But like they could easily that scene in the um, uh, when they're in the underground casino in Black Panther, that just reeked of James Bond. That could easily be a Black Widow sort of setting. Easy. Or the, yeah. The criminal easily. underground. The best. Well, we'll talk about it in a bit. But the Avengers, when she's being interrogated slash interrogating the, the, mm-hmm. the dudes in Russia. So like anyway. Yeah. It could totally happen. I like how they set her up in this film. I think it's I liked how as the movie progressed, let more and more people realize she wasn't just what Natalie Rothman, whatever her name was. Which is silly. Why would you pick your same initials and stuff anyway? Yeah, well, I think all superhero <laughs> name naming conventions are dumb. In fact, yeah. oh, my God. Did you see the Infinity War trailer? I did. The end scene where Peter Parker and Dr. Strange is like, hi, I'm Peter. And Dr. Strange is like, Dr. Strange is like, oh. We're using our made up names. In that case, I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved that. Again, I, as someone who likes Marvel movies, but has never been fully entrenched in the the discussion about them. Um, I thought it was cool when it first came out that there was all this other stuff being set up in a world. Like, I thought that was a fun part of it. As I was like, ooh, they're making something bigger. And like, my brain loves connecting the dots between a bunch of different movies like I, I you know I've prided myself my whole life on being able to name animals that don't exist from the Star Wars universe like I like when there's like extra stuff to know I, I 100% agree so I enjoyed it and I had no idea that people didn't like that it's a bit of a dopamine hit when you're watching a thing and even Captain America falls victim to this in the Avengers is like I understood that reference you like it and is that manipulative of a film or a series yes is all cinema manipulative? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't take offense to it. Also, we're there to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. The the world. Uh, well, 2010, uh, I, you know, again, different time, but we still wanted some escapism. Yeah. I think the one of the best parts of, of uh, Iron Man 2, as well as Sam Rockwell, is Justin Hammer. I think uh, that is a fun sort of foil for Tony to have as a uh, the arms dealer that picked up the slack. Also, is that where he met... Uh... What's his what's her name? Who's his girlfriend now? His like life, his like partner. Yes, that's that's. Uh, is that how they met? I believe it is the one who Leslie Bibb. Yeah. Who Tony Stark slept with in the first. One. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. I'm watching it happen because we just left award season where she was just like the most supportive ever. Yeah. While he was getting all these nominations. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm watching them fall in love. I'm here for it. So that was honestly my favorite. Part. There you go. There you go. No, it, and I it, love uh, Sam Rockwell. He's wonderful. Love Sam Rockwell. Big fan. He kills it as Justin Hammer. I even think um, uh, I'm I'm obviously blanking on. Oh, I love that they made uh, Howard Stark uh, John Slattery from uh, from Mad Men. <laughs> His father. Oh with yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and oh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke is fine as Whiplash. Ivan Venko was or whatever. Like stunt casting, wasn't it? Wasn't it sort of like, oh, it's Mickey Rourke. No one wants to cast him now that he has a weird fucking face. <laughs> I think he just got off the wrestler. So he was kind of back on the upswing. Yeah, it all felt weird. I, I was, remember rolling my eyes at that a little bit. It's not as grounded, obviously, as 
as Iron Man one, but it's it's upping the stakes. So it's telling you an, a, mm-hmm. a, it's doing two things. It's it's telling you a, a compartmentalized Iron Man story again, to, more of Tony's past coming back to haunt him, both physically, him getting poisoned by the uh, uridium in his chest, uh-huh. uh, making the the the, <laughs> the 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 lines come across his face. His past that his father had sort of hidden, kind of sort of, is coming back to haunt him due to the design sort of being something he came up with with another person for the arc reactor. Yeah. Um. So, but also, uh, it, it the whole thing, you know, drones better. It's literally a bunch of drone robots that he's fighting. Now. I don't know. It's yeah. It, it it the the analogy is still there, but it's not as strong. But again, they're balancing way more plates. We now have uh, Clark Gregg as Agent Coulson, who's sort of really um being more. He was in the first Iron Man, but he's been a thread throughout. He also. And I felt very, again, like you feel proud of yourself when you get a reference, but he had to leave to go to New Mexico. And yes. I was like, Thor! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm smart! Thor! Exactly. And they do that. They do this whole joke where Tony Stark's like, oh, City of Enchantment. And then when you see the after credit sequence of, of him pulling up in the car, it's a New Mexican license plate and it says City of Enchantment or like, or uh, State of Enchantment or Land yeah, of Enchantment. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So it, I, I, found myself enjoying Iron Man 2 way more than I thought I would. Does it have as much to say as um, Iron Man 1? No. No. Does it do a lot of world building? Yeah. I think overall it is a, it is the, it is a successful en- uh, endeavor into this whole franchise, especially coming after the Incredible Hulk. God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It brings you back in. But again, I never knew I was supposed to think the Incredible Hulk was part of this. Yeah. Like that movie. So for me, it never took anything away because I didn't, it I didn't just know it ignored existed. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it kind of deserves to be ignored. Yeah. But now back to the land of enchantment. Let's talk mm. a little bit about uh, Thor. Thor. Which I think, and again, each of these, it's like watching, it's like watching a child grow. Uh, <laughs> the Marvel as a company is now dipping its toe into more fantastical elements. Right up mm-hmm. till now, we've had science be the the driving force, and now we're having mythology yeah. uh, and a little bit of space. Uh, also, this was fil- uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh of a lot of Shakespearean work, uh, mm-hmm. which I think was an excellent choice. Um, how did you feel about rewatching good old 2011's Thor? I liked it better than I remembered liking it, and I think... That's because I have the characters, like I know the characters more, so it feels more like, oh, you're like friends I'm watching. You know, like, whereas when I first saw it, well, first of all, I didn't see it in theaters because I was sort of like, who cares? (laughs) Like, I just didn't care. I just didn't care about it. Uh, And I also have like, I love Natalie Portman, but it's like a love-hate relationship where I'm very jealous. I'm just very jealous of her. Okay, that's fine. Very, very, very jealous of her. (laughs) And I wasn't at an age where I had figured out how to work with that yet. Gotcha. That's around. Actually, that's around when I started to learn that uh, that skill. I also have it with Kira Knightley. There's just oh. some actresses that I so desperately want their lives that I have a hard time liking them and things. But I've moved past that. Right. Anyway, <laughs> now I'm I'm better now. I'm better. Good. But at the time, I remember being like, Ugh, who cares? So I saw it. You know, I like rented it or something. And I remember being like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. And like not caring that much. But this time watching it, I was like, oh, this is a fun revisit now with the the storylines that we have knowing what you know yeah knowing what i know it's fun to go back 
Uh, I I enjoyed it as well. I always forget, especially now with Ragnarok coming out and just being a a, a, a laugh per minute uh, riot mm-hmm. film, uh, that this movie is funny. Thor one yeah, is funny, and it is. it's fish out of water. They did. It's exactly uh, the the thing where it's like, wow, doing a whole movie in Asgard might be boring and real expensive. Why don't we spend all of our money building a fake town in New Mexico so we can blow it up? Yeah. And and there's good and bad to that. I feel like um, the story editing in this film particularly is very well done. But the scene to scene like fight scenes and sort of like the uh, the in scene editing is the first time in this series that I've noticed chinks in the armor like i i feel like they constructed mm. the store like the big chunks of the pieces well mm-hmm. but the the intermingling of sort of shots in the specific scenes always kind of took me out of it a little bit that having been said i know i'm sort of focusing on a little bit of a technical angle here i think the they do some interesting stuff where uh i don't know if you noticed but whenever they're on earth whenever they have an establishing shot like they've just been in asgard now the, the story is taking us back to earth or whatever the first shot is always canted or upside down or uh, oh, and it's I, I did notice they were doing that a lot, but I didn't connect that it was the switch to being back on Earth. I think what they what Kenneth Branagh was trying to do, and again, this is conjecture, and I might be reading too much into this, is making it sort of trying to make it so at least it's to a minimal degree we're getting Thor's perspective. Asgard is normal, Earth is weird. Interesting. I interpreted it as. Uh, just that time period being like cool sideways. Thor painted on a van, like, <laughs> <laughs> which I actually one of the things I I will get to it for for real. But one of the things I loved about Ragnarok was that they embraced the painted on a van part of Thor. <laughs> Thor should be. Uh, you know, on the the van that you smoke weed in. He is a space Viking. He and he was yes. drawn a lot by Jack Kirby, whose art is so. The Thor Ragnarok uh, art direction is very influenced on Kirby's designs, and it was all real, like your high as fuck sort of yeah. colors and circles and it's things. It's fun to just lean into it and be like, yeah, that's what this is. Yeah, um, that's that's what Thor is. That's probably actually why I didn't care to see the first one when it came out initially, because in my brain I was like. Oh, what am I, some loser? <laughs> you know, like it's like the loser, like a loser in a parking lot kind of a thing. I'm like, I'm not into that. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't it's okay. Know. It's okay. And I really would have missed out. I love Loki. I love Loki. Let's talk about Loki for a second. Let's the, talk I, about Loki. I love him so much. This film makes the Avengers possible. This one film mm-hmm. in my, in my, it, it, honestly, is the reason why you could make Loki be what he is in Avengers and still care about him. If you, if you didn't, I mean, I know people have seen, uh, well, actually maybe cause you said you didn't see, did you see Avengers before you saw Thor? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just sort of went with it. I was like, all right, who's this? <laughs> I do feel like the, the, the acting that is done between Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston, it's so far, Honestly, even though they're playing gods or whatever, is the most human relationship that we've seen thus far in any of these films. Mm -hmm. And it is very Shakespearean. So I see why they got Kenneth Branagh. It's a very like to have the like scorned brother. Yeah, it's very universal. Oh, yeah. And so the fact that Loki, he's obviously he's the god of mischief. So from his perspective to a point, 
you can see where he's coming from mm-hmm. and or you can see the delusions that he's built to himself to get to where he's going like it makes emotional sense why he's doing what he's doing yes not that we'd all do that yes but look he's been lied to his entire life his father's not his father on that note yeah on that note one because it was so long since i saw this movie i was like oh that's his deal (laughs) (laughs) two okay two uh, and i don't understand how this hasn't come up before on like i've never seen anybody talk about this the frost giants are identical to the White Walkers in Game of Thrones. Identical. I the the guy that's like the main frost giant they talk to is identical. Laughing. Yeah. King it's Laffy. The same fucking face. And I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> is this like a backstory for Game of Thrones? Like I don't understand how they got a how Game of Thrones got away with that. Did not a lot of the people see Thor? I don't know. Listen. Is it not one of the successful ones? No, it, they've like, all been successful. That's the thing. Like, why didn't anybody notice? I'm just noticing now because I haven't seen the movie since it was new. Like, (laughs) maybe that's everyone's problem. No one's rewatching Thor. Maybe. White Walkers are stolen. You heard it here first. (laughs) Shalia Evans has just successfully tied Game of Thrones to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, maybe they are the same. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, Game of Thrones has happened in a long time ago on a different planet, the planet of Westeros. God, I want, I want Game of Thrones to be Marvel comic universe <laughs> so that I can go meet Cersei at Disneyland. There you go. Oh, she'd be the best Disney queen. Um, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Go play Cersei at Disney. There you go. <laughs> That's the job I want. Actually, I want to be Hella. We'll get. I will get there again. Okay. I look. I can't. Work at Disney. I I can't. Don't let me. No matter how much I talk it up, don't let me. Julia, no one's going to make you work at Disneyland again. Oh, no, 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 no. I want everyone to keep me from doing it. No one's going to make me do it. <laughs> I'm going to want it. And you're going to all have to stop me. Uh, Well, well, okay. Oh, you know what? This is actually... This is a is a side interesting point. Let's talk about Natalie Portman, Jane Foster, uh-huh. because you just said you want to do a thing. You want people to stop you from doing right. That's what we just said about Disney. Uh-huh. Natalie Portman mm-hmm. wanted to be a part of this movie, but actually made a very in this franchise, but made a point publicly. And I think with her agent to be like, look, I'm happy to do this. I think it's awesome. I can't have Jane Foster just be a damsel. Like it, she needs, she, she was active about making Jane Foster an actual integral part to the, to the storylines in these films. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and I want your opinion on this. I think they do it fine in this film, but then coming up on Thor, the dark world, which we'll talk about next time. Uh, they, they dropped the fucking ball hard on that. And that's why she left. Oh, I always look, here's what I always assumed with her, with Edward Norton. I just figured they thought they were too good for this to keep doing them. <laughs> like I never occurred to me that there was any problem. I just figured they were like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not going to do the Avengers movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But like, Robert Downey Jr. was like, man, I had a drug problem. I was kind of on the outs for a while. Like, yeah, I'll do and this. And then he's. <laughs> and the other guys are like, we don't have careers yet. Yeah. And then they sign multi-picture deals. You know, it's funny. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. is making so much money because he never signed the multi-movie deal. Uh, he he <gasps> probably has now. But I think for Avengers, he got 50 mil. Damn. Uh, yeah. Regardless, how do you feel about Jane Foster? Mm-hmm. Do you think they did what Natalie Portman wanted and made her enough of a character and enough of a had enough um agency? Yes, thank you. Um they do a pretty good job. I mean, 
I I don't think it's that she doesn't have enough agency. I think she's a little bit inconsequential <laughs> to I don't know. I like this movie never made a huge impression on me though originally. Okay. So like if that was what she was going for, then like okay, that's cool. I guess I see it, but I it didn't her character never made a huge impression on me one way or the other. Right. So then I'm like, well, maybe it didn't work. Yeah. Because like I, I could see where it did. I'm like, yeah, she's a scientist. Like she's really she wants to get her work back. She's but I'm also like, eh, but she's not that interesting of a character. Like she's just sort of there to give Thor a reason to like Earth. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the girl he likes is there. Why Thor? Why do you like Earth? Oh no, I started dating this girl. Yeah, but that's what they used to justify him coming back in the Avengers. As he's like, you threatened the world of my girlfriend. <laughs> like, <laughs> I must return. Isn't that what we all want? We just want someone to be with us that would that would then claim the world <laughs> to protect us. From- that does sound nice, but it's not based in reality. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe, you know what, to be honest, maybe she didn't, or maybe the script didn't allow it. Or, I don't know. And I, I'm trying to, it's funny. I feel like I remember her character having something to do with, like, sort of uh, defeating that uh, annihilator monster thing that destroys the town. Uh-huh. She doesn't, really, right? No, it's, it's hard for humans to have any agency in a battle between Asgardian gods yeah, yeah, yeah like they can't help yeah what are they gonna especially in this timeline like they aren't in the avengers being assembled world where they, they they've got all these superpower people they are regular scientists so nerds <laughs> uh. squishy squishy they nerds can't help. um squishy nerds and she's little she's real she short. does hit thor with a truck like three times so <laughs> She does. Play it for comedy. <laughs> I think that happens as a as a way of like justifying. They're like, maybe he's just sick because <laughs> we hit him with a truck. <laughs> like, I think it keeps them in the dark a little bit longer to like sure. keep it going. But because if he just showed up without getting hit and was like, I am Thor of Asgard, they'd be like, don't talk to him. Yeah, yeah. But they hit him with a car. So they're like, oh, we did this to his brain. <laughs> we have to keep talking to him. Eric Selvig does bring that up. Mm-hmm. Talks about how uh, he shouldn't trust him because he's basically making talking about things from his childhood. I like that Eric was um, his his background was definitely something uh, Icelandic or Norse or something. Because like they're like, these are the stories of my childhood. And also he's a Sarsgaard. Yeah. <laughs> we as a people know. Oh, they're from somewhere up there. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And then the last thing I guess I'll say about Thor is I think this film also did the thing right when it comes to the sort of fight scenes and whatnot to give them agency. Uh, the the thing in the town, like, for instance, the, the bad things this movie does is Asgard never feels like a real place to me. Like, for instance, again, I keep going back yeah. to Black Panther. I know it's years in the future uh, from when this was made, but like uh, Wakanda felt like a place. It did. And Asgard does not feel like a place after three films. It feels like you're in a, like a video game. Yeah, exactly. So any fight scene that sort of happens in Asgard, I don't particularly care. Mm-hmm. The fight scene that really worked for me was in the town with the Annihilator because they literally, they, like how it was made, they blew up a town. The only CG thing, other than uh, things to amplify scenes, was the big metal monster thing. Yeah. And it was just a cool little thing that I felt like they rendered with weight, and it sort of worked. And then you just see, like, bodies flying through buildings, and you're like, oh. <laughs> like, you feel it. Yeah, there's consequences to it. There's a, a haptic feedback to sort of what you're seeing. Yeah. Uh, and it makes it effective. And I think Marvel is the best when it does that. Um, uh, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, 
What else? Anything else about Thor? Um, I guess I'd just like to reiterate that I have a crush on Loki. Well, let's talk. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure that everyone understands that. Everybody knows. This is something interesting, too. So I think Marvel did something. Uh, I don't want to use the term exploitive. Um, oh, no. Was, did I fall for something? No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, have I been manipulated? But it's the same way we're manipulated with attractive people throughout all of our media. True. So I think they wanted to throw some stuff in for uh, people that enjoy the ladies, the look of a well-chiseled male. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is the start of the superhero elongated shirt off getting dressed sort of like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe thing. Yes. When I watched it this time, I was like, I don't understand how the V muscles, I don't, like at his waist. I mean, Chris Hemsworth, what is, what, did you see there's videos of him surfing with his child hanging off of his back? Oh yeah. He's just, what, I what, he's not a regular person. (laughs) (laughs) But like this, every, uh, with the exception, I think of Iron Man at this point, uh, and maybe Doctor Strange, I don't quite remember, we'll we'll see. Iron Man does have his shirt off, but he's like a regular buff guy and not like a mind bending one. So you don't have the same reaction to it. Yeah. Iron Man three, he gets kind of swole for, uh, which is interesting. Because uh, a lot of that movie... He probably felt pressure. Yeah, a lot of that movie, he's out of the suit. And Robert Downey Jr. is a, a delicate boy. He's, not, <laughs> he's a little he's a little pretty man. But I, I just, I find it interesting that like, the, that Marvel at that point is like, oh yes, we need to do this as well to get this part of the crowd to enjoy. <laughs> They're just like, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. And it's, <laughs> it's the only reason you got me here talking about it. If that hadn't happened, I, you know, <laughs> who knows? And Loki... I think is I love Loki. He's one of the best characters they've done. And Thor grows in a sense of not being a a, a a douche anymore and not being super cocky and kind of learning what what it means to be humble a bit. Mm. Loki has the most sort of even though it's growth in the opposite direction, he has the most sort of like change. Yeah. And he also having Loki around makes Thor acceptable. Yes. Because Thor's unbearable without Loki. <laughs> He's just such a like lummox of a guy you need to have somebody in his life that's like I've known him forever and he's always been like this like (laughs) (laughs) oh we're just gonna show up and be attractive good for you like you need somebody there to be annoyed by Thor right and in his perfection otherwise it's like uh, go away like the warriors three and the lady sif aren't gonna call thor out on his bullshit no no like, no, no yeah they're they're enablers is what they are they, yes mm-hmm. heimdall could i liked i liked idris alba as heimdall uh i wish they give him more to do in these three films than they do but there's they, they don't um yeah he doesn't do that much for being idris alba yeah <laughs> um all right so let's let's go down this uh well we've been going for a bit we're gonna blaze through these last two yeah we gotta Captain America. The first Avenger. How was this revisit for you? I had a good time. I feel like, weirdly enough, I've seen Captain America more recently than any of the rest of this first phase because it was available on Netflix for a long time. Okay. So if I just felt like having a superhero fix, it was readily available to me. So this was an unnecessary revisit i could have not i I didn't need to do it i've seen it recently enough that i could have just been fine but i was like oh i like this i'm gonna i'm gonna do it for fun (laughs) now did you how do you feel about because this film does some interesting stuff and it feels very sort of pulpy obviously it takes place during world war ii Mm -hmm. uh and it it has a pacing 
that most film like it jumps around a bunch, especially in the second act. Um, and, and from that, I mean, like the first act is all about how he becomes Captain America. I think yeah. that is a wonderful thing. Then it sort of jumps into almost like a highlight reel of his career. Yeah. And then it sort of slows down. How, did did that ever jump out at you or did you ever feel like how did you like the pacing of it? I guess is what I'm I, was, I guess I, I was fine with I like that there's a feel like, I think they did a good job mirroring, like, like you would go to a movie and see a, a reel of, like, how our troops were doing. Like, they kind of did that in the movie. Yeah. And because I was aware it was, like, a referential choice, I was fine with it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is kind of, yeah, we're seeing highlights of his career. Like, we're, because at the beginning, they're in the movies watching a, a high, like, a newsreel. And finding out how things are going in the war. So I was sort of like, oh, yeah, it's fine. like I think I would probably have problems with it if that hadn't been established. Right. As like a thing from this, you know, like he's getting to be the, the thing that he used to watch. Yeah. The the interesting part to me is Captain America, even beyond space Vikings, is the hardest one, in my opinion, to get audiences on board with. Uh, because especially this film came out in 2011 as well. Oh, so Thor came out early. That's right. Thor came out uh, in May and Captain America came out in uh, J- July of All that right. year. Captain America. Look, space Viking guy in a giant armor suit, uh, female kick-ass spy. Hawkeye showed up in Thor. We forgot to mention that. Uh, Archer. Oh, dude. did he? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll get to Hawkeye. Okay, okay. I've got opinions. Okay, good, 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 I good, good. I just can't stand him. That's the opinion. Anyway, we'll get back to that. We'll get, we're almost at the Avengers. We'll get there. We are almost at the Avengers. Uh, the, uh, but I feel like a man who dresses up in the American flag in 2011 is called Captain America mm-hmm. is the hardest buy-in for people to be uh, like on board with feeling like it's a real thing. Yes. And the decision that you brought up that they made to make it sort of be like once the super soldier thing works and it all happens, they decide they're like, no, 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 you're the last one of this because the vial gets destroyed and the Hydra guy tries to get away with it and doesn't whatever. So they can't. The doctor gets shot. Stanley Tucci. Poor Stanley Tucci. Poor the, Stanley Tucci. He was great. He was uh, so he, good. He was so good in this movie. Uh, played the doctor who who made the super soldier serum. Uh they decide to like, they're like, no, 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 you have to be a lab rat. And then he's like, wait, well, we could actually use him for something different, not put him in harm's way or whatever. And they basically turn him into a walking propaganda machine. They, yeah. they turn him. The, the reason the costume exists is because he's put into stage shows and plays and then eventually films. And like you see this whole beautiful musical number of them like, yeah, who's the man? Da, 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 like that whole like nonsense thing. They made him Captain America that existed already in our world they showed comic books that actually do exist in the film like it all made sense Mm -hmm. and one of the most beautiful turns that it does i think it's going into the second act or maybe it might be sort of middle of second act depending on how you want to break down the structure he's doing all this stuff and like at first he's weird about it he doesn't like it and he's nervous and then eventually he gets comfortable and you see him punch adolf hitler out uh 200 times apparently as he says Mm -hmm. then we see him like hard cut at a uso show him doing the same like buy bonds or like whatever the hell yeah and the soldiers fucking hate him Uh, yeah that's a great turn like you're like oh okay here we are like he's uh, he's having to face that like what he's doing is still pretty stupid 
yeah. and useless. Like he's not actually helping the way he wanted to be. No. And yeah, you know, he gets a 10% bump in, in bond sales in every city he visits, but even Peggy Carter calls out like, is that where you did this? Like, you know, is that not? Yeah. Yeah. So like, the, I, I personally like, and again, it's a Marvel movie. It's not designed to beat messages down into your head, but I feel like with a lot of these films, you can, if you want to find meaning, you can find them. And if we have to go back to Shahir's sort of initial question mm -hmm. in, in some of these individual films, I do feel there are meaning for instance, in this one, even if it's, even if it's using as a narrative trope, it's doing a thing where it's like, here's what America saw as the war effort. And then stark difference, no pun intended, this is what war was like. And I know it's candy coated still because it's a Marvel movie, but the harsh juxtaposition lets you remember like, oh, fuck, like war isn't theater. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and again, I might be stretching, but I think, you, you know, you get what you want to from these things. And I do like yeah. the, the grounding of that of this film. Yeah. And I think uh, originally when I, I first saw Captain America, there were a couple things that were hard for me to swallow because the, if you're going to ground Captain America into a real war movie yeah. during World War Two, there's some sensitive issues to deal with. Sure. And so I remember being like very annoyed. And I, I don't know is like Hydra, I assume, is a big thing in the comic books. Yeah. So in the it, Hydra was. Uh, first, in, it, when when Captain America came out, it was a, a direct, uh, and I, I'm going to butcher some of these facts, was a direct sort of um, a challenge to Nazi propaganda. They're like, you yeah. know what? Ta-da! Here's literally a character designed to beat up and destroy Nazis. Like, that's yes. what he was. So, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Because it's World War II, mm -hmm. and we live in the future. Sure. From World War II. Right. We aren't actively in it where we're like, oh, Hydra's the Nazis. Like, we're yeah. not, like, given, like, a, like, oh, I see what they did there. Hydra's like the Nazis. They are making it clear that there are not, like, we're in the real war. There are Nazis. There is Hitler. This is the real World War II. And then there's also Hydra. And Hydra's like, we're worse than Hitler. And I'm like, I don't, I still don't think you are, though. <laughs> like, I get that we're supposed to believe that you're somehow a more worthy opponent. But, like, Captain America should have really been focusing on Hitler. <laughs> like that part was hard when I first saw it. I was this time around because I know everything. I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, and I've gotten used to it. And also I, I knew to expect the, you know, the skull man, red skull, <laughs> the yep. phantom of the opera showing up. Yeah. Hugo weaving sort of, the uh, first time I was like, Oh, what, is, what <laughs> he's sort of wasted slash. I don't know if he really wants to be there. He's one that's been on record being like, I don't want to be a part of these. Yeah. Things. He's like, I was in Lord of the Rings. That, that was my one movie like this. The character design reminds me too much of when the Phantom of the Opera shows up at the masquerade ball in the second act of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not here for it. Like, <laughs> like what is this nonsense? Uh, so it's easier to swallow the Hydra stuff now that I know everything. But it is still hard for me, though, to accept that we're supposed to think there's a more worthy opponent than trying to focus on the real war and the real things that were happening during world war two. Right. It's funny. There's an interesting thing that just happened uh, in, in not just happened within the last few years in Marvel comics. Uh, mm -hmm. There was a, a Marvel does these events, which is much like the Avengers in the cinema where like all the things happen together, like um, the civil war, which we'll talk about the captain America civil war. That was a Marvel event that crossed all their books. They just did one called secret empire, which was basically that Hydra, 
had actually been in control of shields like they kind of do in, in Winter Soldier uh-huh. the entire time. But what they did, because now, again, we live currently, this is like maybe 2016, 2017. Um, they did this advertising campaign where they had comic book shops put up a whole bunch of Hydra memorabilia and like have to like say like hail Hydra like there was a big secret thing that like they were all taken over and all this shit. But then you get into that mental gymnastics space where it's like, if these motherfuckers are supposed to be Nazis, but worse. Yeah. So they took a lot of flack for that. Like, anyway, that's sort of a tangential story, but it's interesting because they're doing it. So it's not Nazis. I think to, 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 to it's, it's good and bad. There's nothing fun popcorn movie about watching Chris Evans go to a concentration camp. Yeah. It's too upsetting. So you have to ignore it. There's no way to make a fun World War II movie. No. Other than The Great Dictator. There's, Check it out. <laughs> yeah. There's actually, uh, Shahir and I have had a discussion on this podcast uh, before about war films in general. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said, and because we, we, I think it started when we uh, reviewed Dunkirk. And the, the, there always comes the point of, well, why does a war movie exist? Sure, there's propaganda that's, you know, for your country or whatever, mm-hmm. like that makes a total lot of sense. But like what, you know, we you are turning people's legitimate suffering into a form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Even if there's a message, that's what you're doing. And we've talked long and hard a little bit about like, is it worth it? Like, I, or like from a, if, I don't know, from a moral standpoint or something like, like one, one reason I think that I really love the Marvel films is because we can uh, actually have that sort of combat or nonsense, but also not worry about like the real world problems that would exist with said level of violence. Does that make yeah. a weird amount of sense? Yes. Um, I don't know. I, sorry. That was, I went way off. No, but I, I know, but I know what, you know, it's, it's, it's a very real thing that like there has to be respect for what happened. Yeah, it is what it is. There yeah. has to be respect for the reality of what happened. Um, which not to compliment Wonder Woman again, but they did a really good job of it's like you're not like, oh, it's funny that it's World War One or something like yeah. that enhances the drama of it, that it's World War One in a in a way that acknowledges what what sad things were happening. Yeah. Like chemical warfare. And anytime you can you can sneak. Look, this. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. What? This is uh, uh, maybe another sort of point to the. Again, I don't think it's the point of these movies. The point of these movies, in case anyone was wondering who's listening, is money. Oh, is to print money. No, you're right. No, that's exactly right. It's money. <laughs> but the but the, there's look. If these films are going to take up cultural, the amount of cultural space that they do, mm-hmm. I think. Any medicine they can sneak in with all that sugar is a good fucking thing. And some of these films do it. Some of them don't. I'm not saying Captain America is going to make you uh, really think about the atrocities of World War II, and it shouldn't. But maybe Captain America sort of standing as a moral epicenter for this entire thing. Mm -hmm. If people like the character, maybe people want to emulate the character. Maybe people will want to learn a little bit more about history in World War II and like the actual things that happened. And then maybe if more people learned history, then we wouldn't be doomed to repeat ourselves and we wouldn't be in 2018. Um, Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Get us uh, out of this timeline. Get us out of this timeline. Uh, Before we move on. Yes. Because I can, I can sense it, but we're moving on to the Avengers. You can sense we? it. Yes. The, sense the it. Tesseract is near. Yes. But uh, I would like to take a moment and also say that on the rewatch, I was absolutely sold on the theory that uh, Captain America and Bucky are in love. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
very popular online. Everybody wants them to be in love. There's lots. Google it. There's so much like hand-drawn pornography. <laughs> the shipping is real. You've done your research. I uh, knew this before. <laughs> but like, oh, look, they love each other. I do. I'm not against that on principle. It's never going to come up in the movies, but I love it. They hint at some things, some interesting things. Look, and I, I think the the end of this film is honestly one of the most heartbreaking moments uh, for me in these things when uh, the last line of the thing is like, I had a date. I had a date. And like, look, he obviously likes Peggy Carter. There's no question. Side note, Shilia, if you haven't watched the series, Agent Carter. I haven't. I should. It's real good. Okay. Okay. It's short. It's two seasons. I think there's only eight episodes each. Um, it's, they treat that character with so much way more respect. I feel like they do than they do in this. Oh, cool. Watch Peggy Carter. Uh, I will. Or Agent Carter. Agent Carter. Um, the, but as far as the shipping of, uh, (laughs) James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes and, Mm. uh, Steve Rogers, uh, they do do some interesting things even in this film. And I know they're not trying to actively do it, but this is, this is, Ooh, this brings us all back to the same point. In the car before he's big super soldier Stephen Rogers when he's getting driven to the 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 secret base. Yeah, they're talking. They talk in this like little coded sort of thing where it's like you know it didn't there wasn't much time for women or like dating or whatever girls and like and and she's like oh why didn't you try I forget how it gets there but they the the whole thing about dance partners comes up and he's like maybe I'm just waiting for the right partner he doesn't say girl he doesn't he says partner he does and say partner do I think that. Uh, the script right. Oh, oh, sorry. I didn't even drop the director's name of this. Uh, Joe Johnson directed this film. Uh, Christopher uh, Marcus uh, was one of the writers along with Stephen McFeely. I don't think that they thought, you know what? Let's put some Easter eggs and big, maybe Captain America's gay. No, but they inadvertently did. <laughs> look what, and I'm, I'm going to go a little bit highbrow here. This is sort of an art thing, right? What does, who, who owns art? Even with the whole thing with Star Wars just came out, people didn't like the new Star Wars or whatnot. And it's like, come, brings up the whole thing like, well, who who can take active control of a piece of media? The, the person absorbing it. Yes. And I really like that people can find things, and especially, and look, again, in, in 2013 or whatever, uh, this, you know, it's funny, or 2011, uh, it's funny how quickly the world sort of works. And, you know, obviously because the people that that sort of ship would appeal to were not being marketed towards in any mainstream thing. They're able to not only find that thing, but also like kind of make it about that for them or, or, you know, like, and it's, and it's both, it's wonderful that they did that. It's sad that they have to, does that make sense? Yes, it does. That it has to be coded in, uh, reading into situations and, and, and adding in, things you don't see on camera to create that story yes in a movie in a big movie yes so so i'm glad people have done that and i'm glad and i think it's good that they'll continue to do so sort of throughout the thing because yeah i don't know there was a line. there was like a line just the way just the way sebastian sand said a line i was like you're in love like i don't oh it was i think it's right around like right before he got ignored like he was like, oh, now I know what it likes. It feels like to be you. But but the conversation they were having leading up to that, I was like, oh, you're in love, you're in love, you're in love. And then a girl <laughs> came in, and I was like, you're ruining it. Like I was. <laughs> Aww. But then also, I'm like, are you guys just like I know actors? 
guys like like Sebastian Stan, uh, you know, probably started booking stuff because they were like, "Ooh, he seems like he wants to fuck everybody." Like he, <laughs> because he kind of does. He gives off that vibe. He does give he, that off. He gives off a vibe that like he's he's there to fuck. Yeah, and like. He that he brings that to his roles. Yeah, and now he'd have to do it with a metal arm. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. Captain America again. One uh, the first Avenger, uh, especially with the ending, I think is is a wonderful addition and and the hardest the hardest one to pull off. I think of all of these and do it in a successful yeah. way. Also, we get to talk about vibranium in it. They bring up vibranium, which is so fun with Black Panther having just come out to be like, yep. burr, 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 burr. there it is. Like yep. <laughs> before, before, because Wakanda obviously being Wakanda and, and, and being uh, an isolationist sort of country being hidden from the world. Uh, they are the only ones sitting on that vibranium and literally yeah. the Captain America shield is the only thing that the outside world has of that metal. Yeah, which like, is, although that's that's it. That's all of it. Yeah, yeah. Which is Even, nuts. Yeah, so that's, I always like that. Yeah, that's fun. And I also like the way that the the shield, this is how you know it's a good movie. The shield defies physics that no one cares. Yeah, right? They're like, <laughs> it just absorbs vibration and you're like, checks out. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, it can bounce off everything. <laughs> yeah. Also, I cannot tell you how smart, because I didn't like, if you had asked me a month ago, mm -hmm. what's vibranium? I'd be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but then I saw Black Panther and my mom asked me a question and I was able to, without hesitation, be like, mom, it's what Captain America's shield's made out of. And I was like, oh, it is. I was right. I knew that in my, like somewhere in the back of my brain, I was holding on to that information and I got so excited that I was able to pull it up without any hesitation and be like, mom, why aren't you an expert on this kind of stuff? <laughs> I love that. I love that story. I love that this stuff has become sort of lexicon for like, there's no reason any of us should know this. No. And we do. Almost everything I know, there's no reason I should know it. I know almost nothing useful. That to me says mm -hmm. it did its job as entertainment. And again, if you can, so we, we, we know for a fact that these films are now can entertain and do entertain the masses and, and we do retain even the the dumb information from them. Yeah. Now it's a matter of what can can we turn that into a force of good a la um being more interested about some of the subtext in the films or exploring different ways that the films can be interpreted. Yeah. Which is what we're doing now. Yay. <laughs> so we've been going for a bit. We're gonna get to the the pinnacle of phase one and the grand experiments um, first official test to see if it can hold all of its weight. The Avengers. The Avengers. Directed by Joss Whedon. Mm -hmm. uh, before we start, Joss Whedon, um, I was always a big fan of Buffy and Angel. Yep. Uh, Firefly is good. Mm -hmm. uh, even his little remake he did during the writer's strike of uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Some of my friends are in that and really? it's very cute. Yeah. I dug it a lot. It's really fun. I've seen it a couple of times because my, yeah, my friends, uh, do, you, do you know Britannic? Shout out to Britannic, the sketch group. Oh, yeah. Brian and Nick from Britannic are in. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're in it. Yeah. Joss Whedon likes their, he saw their stuff online and liked them, so. That's great. Fun little tie in. I've been a lot of places that Joss Whedon's been. <laughs> We've been in the same room a lot. Well, so, I mean, do you like his writing style and in in his work overall? Yes. I'm a big Buffy fan. I never really watched Angel that much, but I did like Firefly. Like, give, give Angel a go if you want some nostalgia kick. Uh, I was just so mad at him. What? 
Well, Angel left right after he just like destroyed Buffy. I just yeah. was too no, mad. No, hundred percent. I didn't want to know what he was up to. Okay, well they they look if watch Angel if, if you want like Buffy is high school, Angel is college is how I would sort of like put like the feels of those. Oh, who wants college? <laughs> the Avengers. The Joss Avengers. Whedon, Joss Whedon had the insane task of taking all of these very different characters and worlds and throwing them into one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that that man excels at, like him or hate him, uh, he excels at making, two, he excels at two things. One, witty dialogue. Two, being able to take a bunch of characters and situations that should never work together and making them actually work together in a structural way that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How did you feel about rewatching the Avengers? Because it was probably before this, maybe the freshest of all of these that you'd seen. Oh, no. Cap- Cap- no, was. Captain America. I've seen a lot. <laughs> Again, whatever's available without me having to do anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but the Avengers uh, rewatching it. I had forgotten. Uh, like I remember, like there were things that I was like, oh, I can't believe that was in the first Avenger. Like that was the first time they were all together. Yeah. Like. Uh, there were just a lot of things that I, I had sort of placed elsewhere in the timeline of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was distracted by how much they had to shoehorn backstory for Black Widow and Hawkeye in. Really? Oh, okay, yeah. explain explain that a little bit. Explain that a little because, bit. Because everyone else that we were supposed to care about had had their own movie at that point. Right. And the two of them had not. And so for some reason, all of a sudden in the middle of a movie with all these huge characters that we've had shoveled, spoon fed to us for years, we're supposed to care that they like owe each other one. I was like, who are you? I'm like, I already know all the other characters. Who are you people? And like, even knowing them now, but I was like, oh, this is also like, looking back shitty because they never, neither of them ever got their own movies. Right. So this was it for them. But then this brings me to the fact that I want black widow to have a movie, but I'm willing to not get a black widow movie in exchange for never having to watch a Hawkeye movie. Whoa. You hate Hawkeye (laughs) that much. I just don't. What are you fucking archery? What do you go to boy scout camp and you're a superhero? Get out of town. All right. All right. Hold on. I'm going to go to bat for Hawkeye for a second. Please feel free. This is a dude, a fictional dude that, that literally, yes, (laughs) Shalia just made a face uh, that goes toe to toe randomly enough with a bunch of really much more powerful things with just a bow and arrow. And it is, it is, it is silly. It is 100% silly, but even we're going to talk about in phase two, we'll talk about Age of Ultron, but there's one scene. I don't even want to talk about it yet. There's one scene in that film that I feel like redeems Hawkeye and all of his silliness, and I'll talk about it in that episode. We'll get there. We'll get there. Stay tuned for episode two. Yeah. Um, I get that. They shoehorn it in. You're 100% right. There's moments where like we're seeing footage of them like doing things on screens together like to make like they're friends. Uh, and- they, they were trying to panic create a backstory for us without distracting from the movie that was actually going on. Yeah, and you need and it doesn't totally work. No. But I think it's not given enough time and that's why I think it doesn't work. I think yeah. the, the structure of it along with every character the, the reason why Joss Whedon is the best uh, again I go back to plate spinning. The best plate spinner in the game is because 
not only are we getting, you know, I feel like Black Widow and Hawkeye get the shaft on time, but most people get enough time to really have you invest in their sort of storyline. All of their motivations, I can't, the level of integration this of this film has, all of their motivations are so clean and correct and they all intermingle. So if you look at what everybody wants. Yeah. Loki just got his ass beat in Thor, got his kingdom taken away from him. He blames his brother. He sees now Earth. Uh, he makes a deal with, uh, as we find out at the end scene, Thanos to come take over the Earth in exchange for, he gets the Earth in exchange for getting Thanos the Tesseract, one yeah. of the first uh, Infinity Stones. Uh, I believe it's the the, the Space Stone, uh, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, by the way, I got very excited when they were like Tesseract in Marvel movies because I was like, I know what that is because of A Wrinkle in Time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was the first time that I was like, I'm, I'm going to get this. I understand what this does <laughs> because I read A Wrinkle in Time when I was little. <laughs> That's so funny. I like that. That's my point of reference for Tesseract. I'm always like... You're Madeline Lennox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You understood that reference. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. The I'm Captain America. Yes. <laughs> All uh, the time. So, so Loki's drive is to basically take over the world to spite his brother because his mm -hmm. brother loves the world. Thor's uh, uh, motivation is to obviously stop that from his brother uh, from that from happening and sort of cleaning up his mess and actually originally trying to get him to come home because he actually cares about him. There's a great yeah. scene that's forgotten about I think when they're sort of arguing with each other on top of the mountain with you see uh, ravens flying by in one scene and Odin uh -huh. is, Odin is always associated with ravens like that's how Odin's supposed to see stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, Captain America is trying to find his place. There's a bunch of deleted scenes actually of Captain America which would have been nice but I understand why they cut them for time like him just not under understanding where he is now like he has no purpose or captain america it just really makes me sad everyone he's loved is dead or super elderly uh hawkeye Ugh. and black widow while they are uh well hawkeye gets brainwashed so there's not much he can do there but black widow wants to rescue hawkeye yeah that's fine um the hulk wants to smash to smash <laughs> but also to uh there's a great moment the thing i was talking about was even going back to the moment in hulk where they're like they make it like a erectile dysfunction joke out of not actually being able to have children yeah uh they do a thing when black widow first goes to get hulk uh, she's talking up they're going back and forth about something and there's a moment where she's talking about like things that he wants or something and he goes well I'm not one to always get what I want and he actually he sort of taps a cradle that's like in the scene Aww. and he kind of pushes it and it's got a little bit of like green splattered paint on it and it's just like I I don't know I make connections with sort of films like this yeah. but I feel like Joss Whedon probably watched the Hulk in reference to this saw that joke and was like fuck you it's like I gotta fix this yeah like, so I, I, th that's sort of an interesting thing for him obviously uh Iron Man is um Iron Man's arc in this is very interesting because he has to come off as sort of the the flippant one Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, you know, he helps teach Bruce to sort of maybe, you know, embrace what he is a little bit more based on what happened to him. But also it's the whole thing with how Cap and him don't get along because uh, Cap doesn't like that he's seen as a hero, even though he's only going out for himself. Yeah. Uh, and then throughout the, the by the end of the film, when he flies a nuke into thing, blah, 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 he actually that is was not. one of the things I forgot happened in the first Avengers. I was like, oh, that was this first one. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just like assumed. But then I think sometimes I think I create like an extra Avengers movie in my head. Ooh, what happens? Then? Like, not that I made it new. I just right. like made I took stuff from the other ones and made them into an additional movie. I got you. Where it's like, oh, no, that came from one of the ones I'm thinking of. <laughs> 
No, I can totally see. There's too many. On that, though, uh, that was a problem, again, with the, like, feeling shoehorned with the Hawkeye Black Widow stuff. Black Widow, I knew where she came from. When I first saw this movie, I was like, oh, she was being Tony Stark's pretend secretary. Mm -hmm. I already know who you are. Welcome. Mm -hmm. Hawkeye was there for two seconds and then got brainwashed, and I was convinced I missed a movie. Interesting. I was like, I... Everybody, everyone else, everyone else I'd seen before. And I was like, I, and if you're not paying close attention, you don't see him do like you said, he shows up in Thor. I don't remember that. He was when Thor's trying to get his hammer back when it rains and he's like running Uh through that facility. uh, Hawkeye is up in the crane with the arrow drawn on him. And he says stuff like, you better stop him soon. I'm starting to root for this guy. Like that sort of nonsense. It made no impression on me. No. But like, and again, Thor was one of the ones that I just was like, oh, I already know who Thor is. It's fine. Right. Uh, there's, a, there's a super dumb scene. Actually, uh, my, my girlfriend, Jamie, pointed it out. She's like, there's a scene, a close up of uh, uh, we need we need a gun in the air. And then it shows a hand reach for a sniper rifle, pause for a second and then move over to a bow and grab. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, like, what are you supposed to be like, woo, he's yeah. here. I mean, some people, Hawkeye, listen. Uh, not to, I know look. people are upset he's not in the the trailer, oh. so people oh, must like him. He's going to be in the movie, though. I have theories. We'll get to that some other time. I just assume there's two. There's trailers can only be so long. Yeah, there's uh the Hawkeye is boring, always so. is is an interesting <laughs> yeah is an interesting character too because in a lot of the comics now that what they do with him is they kind of do treat him as the odd man out mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, there's a great comic series. I'm blanking on the uh, on the author, but it's honestly it's about what Hawkeye does when he's not quote avenging. Yeah, it's like he lives in a shitty t- apartment building. Like he doesn't like. It's, what about his wife in the in the? That's in the movies. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, okay, th- th- in the comics, different. he doesn't have a wife. No, no. Oh, bummer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like look, I, this is from a from a spectacle standpoint. Uh, my favorite experience I've ever had even going to a movie theater. Wow. Bold statement. I saw it opening day. I saw it with a bunch of my friends who were just as excited for it as I was. It had never been seen before. This exercise wasn't, we weren't sure if it was going to work. And then when they pulled it off out of all the wonderment from it, I was just like, I, I, I couldn't, I could not believe it. And I didn't know, I didn't know that a thing like this could exist, and the yeah. experiment worked for me. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's my praise getting out of the way. I go back and forth, but the Avengers is probably still my favorite one of these yeah. out of all of them. Possibly interesting, interesting. That having been said, this is a full popcorn movie. This doesn't. Oh yeah, I can't think of a thing that it is trying to say. I think it's too busy. It, it does a lot of character development, again, which Whedon is good at. And it's fun. It's fun. And it's funny. And it's full of action. But it's, yeah, there's not a g- greater message. I mean, teamwork. Uh. I guess. What about, uh, I was real troubled by this. What? Um, I forgot that um, that they, like, used what's-his-name's death to manipulate them Coulson. into working together. Yeah. Coulson, yeah. I was like, w- w- S.H.I.E.L.D. has just always been dicks. Yeah, no, no, that, but that's dicks. yeah. And I had forgotten they did that, and I was like, "What the hell's wrong? This is messed up." Maybe you know what? You might have just stumbled on for me some internal meeting for this film. Ooh, Tony Stark is anti-establishment at this point. Mm-hmm. 
He goes in. The first thing he does in the helicarrier is he hacks their systems to figure out that S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't actually being honest. S.H.I.E.L.D. has told them they're using the Tesseract to try to make power for the world so it stops war. Yeah. They might be doing that, but also they didn't involve Tony Stark, who was the only one in clean energy at the time in the world. They're actually making weapons based off the hide. The same thing that Hydra was doing that Captain America fought against in the first film, S.H.I.E.L.D. is now doing. Yes. Nuclear deterrent. There Again, this is stuff that the movie is not about, but if you look at it, it is very reminiscent of what is going on in in real life when it comes to this sort of, pro- I'm going to say, problem-solving, armaments, etc., world stability, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So while I don't think the Avengers is trying to make a statement about nuclear weapons, though Tony Stark does throw one into a giant portal in this guy. He does. Again, you can you can take from it what you want, and and which if that's just super fun, explodey action movie, great. If it's also like maybe you shouldn't always trust the people that say they're out for your best interests, that's might also do some research. Marvel Universe is pretty anti-establishment as much as they work for the government. Like, yeah, it's pretty much there, and it's a lot of like history is doomed to repeat itself. Yeah, yeah. Um. So those are some lessons we can put on <laughs> the Avengers. So far, okay. So I mean, again, we've been talking. Oh my God, Shalia, thank you we've so been much. Talking for two hours. My dog's gonna kill you. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up right here because I think. Look, I, well, let me ask you this. Yes. Out of these six that we've just talked about, mm-hmm. what would you say your favorite one is? Is it still Captain America? Hmm. Um. It might still be. Yeah, I think it is. It's a solid choice. It's just such a fun backstory. They did such a good job with it. And like, I, you know, it has its problems, but I I get the most out of it. Yeah. I don't know. I just do. That's good. I mean, again, I, I mean, I've said mine, mine is this one is the Avengers. Yeah. Oh, I, I, better than all movies ever. I feel like, I feel like, yeah. Well, again, it's, please don't get me wrong. No, it's not better. It You like it more. You and to all the listeners, this is not my favorite film of all time. This is my favorite Marvel film, I think, of mm-hmm. all time. It is not, there are other movies that I, outside of this universe, I happen to watch sometimes. Uh, Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> so. We've wrapped up phase one. Oh, we did it. Shalia, we've been talking for two hours and some change. Thank you, everyone who continued to listen. Oh, my God. You're champions. We're going to be doing two more of these. I think we've we've started to hack away at Shahir's initial question of what the MCU is trying to say. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, I'm saying I think at this point in this entire thing, it's more of a what they're trying to say is. Can this be done? with a shared universe, and the Avengers is the culmination saying, yes, it is. But along with that, they are sneaking in either on purpose or culturally we are putting things into this to actually sneak in a bit of more progressive thinking in our action movies. Yeah. Does that seem... That seems... Yes, that seems right. And I think there's um, throughout a theme of questioning what you believe like don't take things at face value i think there's absolutely in all of these movies everyone has to look really look at what they believe and figure out if that's they believe it for a reason or if they believe it just because they've been told yeah no that's an awesome point that um, yeah Yeah. tony Tony stark switches his worldview around Mm -hmm. thor uh, his whole family thing gets torn apart and he has to decide what kind of god he wants to be cap he sort of stays the same emotionally in captain america but then is sort of his questioning arc kind of comes into in avengers yeah yeah that's a great point there's a lot of questioning and uh, look i know it's the snooze fest of the century but even in the incredible hulk he has to like question how he approaches situations to try to control himself you know like yeah control this monster inside kind of a thing so there's a lot of questioning 
how you approach things. Yeah, I agree. That's excellent. That's an excellent, uh, I think, statement to go away from phase one with. Admits what makes you a true hero. Oh, <laughs> this has been the only podcast about phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's true. <laughs> uh, Shalia. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on this ride. Oh, thank you for having me. I can't wait for phase two. We're going to do phase two. When you are not being, uh, doing me the ever wonderful favor of just letting me talk with someone with the MCU for two hours, where can folks find you? Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Shalia Evans. That's my Twitter handle. And uh-huh. it's, you will have to look up the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> And you should. It's nonsense. I'm the only one. Uh, and the same on Instagram. I'm around. I'm doing goofs. Same. You can literally, I'm the only Shalia Evans. So like anything you Google, that's me. It's not like hard to pick which one. I have been thoroughly enjoying your Instagram lately. Oh, good. If everyone wants to see some, as you've put them, uh, enjoyable goofs, please check all that oh, stuff. Oh, so I love the goofs. Uh, and you can find me uh, when I'm not talking about Marvel forever and ever and ever at MatthewKroll.com, M-A-T-H-A-G-W-K-R-O-L.com. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. Also, please reach out to us. Talk to us about your favorite phase one uh, films. Oh, yeah. If you actually get these letters in soon enough, we will talk about them when we start talking about phase two. Oh, yeah. Tell us stuff. Tell us stuff. Nothing uh, gross. Nothing <laughs> Nothing gross. Only non-gross stuff. Unless it's about the characters in the movie. I love that. But not about like, don't ask me anything gross. <laughs> fair. Fair. Uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to disclaimer. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I don't want questions about what you want to know about my body. All... All gross things about characters in the MCU or non-gross things about anything else can be emailed to us at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod. With that, Shalia... Yeah, we we're gonna we're gonna go out into the into the, we're leaving the people's ears after we've been there for so long, mm-hmm. uh, and we're gonna be entering phase two next time, and we're gonna have a little bit of um, uh, for lack of a better term, PTSD like Tony Stark does in Iron Man three. It's going to be oh man, the world is not the same. The world has changed. <laughs> the world has changed. We will see you all next week, or well, it'll be about a week. Yeah, whenever we'll see y'all. you listen. Yeah, we'll see you when you listen. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.